The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Hello, welcome to another episode of The Adventure Jogger. My name is Ryan. Like I said in the intro, you know, as the sports continue to grow, as trail and ultra running uh, continues to get bigger and bigger, we've seen that corporate influence, right? We've heard a lot of podcasts about said corporate influence, whether it was Lifetime Fitness buying Leadville or the Spartan Trail Races getting into into the game. We've seen some growth. We've seen some changes. But one of the things I love about ultra running is grassroots stuff can happen and it happens every single day there's still those great races that cost fifty dollars and you win a pie at the end and there's still those great race directors that keep things you know grassroots and low-key and a community and there's a magazine out for trail and ultra running that really embodies the spirit of community it's you know it's grassroots it's not glossy. It is a a real down and dirty look of what ultra running is presented by ultra running. And it's one of those magazines that when you read it, you don't finish up going, I was trying, they were trying to sell me a whole bunch of stuff I probably didn't need. Definitely worth checking out. The magazine is called Eat Clean run dirty there's also a podcast by the way that goes to that magazine you can find all of that at eatcleanrundirty.com one of the brains behind eat clean run dirty is jessica vandenbush and she is my guest on this episode of the adventure jogger welcome jessica Oh my goodness, Brian, that was a fantastic introduction. I want to sign up for that magazine and post it to you. <laughs> now I know the person that can get you a good deal on that. <laughs> That's awesome. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, you're you're very welcome. Kind of talk about where the magazine came from. Because this is this is a labor of love for you. And this is something that I know that you've told me you know, off off the podcast and through Facebook Messenger. This has been something you've been working on for years. This has kind of been your baby. Give us the story behind the magazine, Eat Clean, Run Dirty. Well, thank you. So I love magazines myself. Since I was a kid, I subscribed to Highlights Magazine, <laughs> and I would get it in the mail, and there's always, like, the cool activities on the back, and mm-hmm. you have to, like, find the hidden things. And So this is kind of like the growing up trail runner version of like highlights magazine (laughs) combined with maybe national geographic a little bit Mm -hmm. and like an art magazine all together in one and because i love magazines and i love ultra and trail running and specifically like you're talking about grassroots stuff my favorite races are usually the one that has like a potluck at the end or something like that um so going to you know the bookstore or going to your running shop that has books and magazines stuff like that none of them i felt like were for us Mm -hmm. um you know some of the magazines talk about how to be faster and talk about speed work or talk about losing weight so you can be more efficient of a runner and 
Ugh, like stuff like that. <laughs> and when I think about what are my favorite things about trail and ultra running, it's the anticipation of signing up for the race. It's doing mm-hmm. those long runs, the overnight runs, it's going out for food and beer and like drinking local and eating local. It's meeting new people in other parts of the country. And it's that like quality time together of doing the whole ordeal. Right. And um, when you think about the stories you tell about races, I can tell you, Ryan, I have a much better story to tell you about Bighorn <laughs> and getting pulled by search and rescue right. than I do of no business, which I finished just fine and yeah. nothing bad happened. Right. Um, it's the the ones where stuff doesn't go as planned, the epic big challenges um, that are the most interesting. So anyway, none of the magazines out there right now really do any of that so i figured if there isn't one and nobody else is gonna start one i guess i have to (laughs) so i just did (laughs) that sounds like it almost mirrors golden harper's story behind ultra shoes where he's like tried and tried and tried so desperately to get other people to do it like no 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 like listen just make a shoe that's flat with no lift and it's wide now our research doesn't show no one wants that so he's like god Damn it. He didn't say that. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> he was like, darn it. I got to do I guess I'm going to do this myself. And it sounds like you kind of had the same yeah. thing. Like, I guess I'm just going to have to do this myself. Guess I'm going to have to do it myself. And <laughs> yeah. And it was, you know, I, I talked about it. I thought about it. And then finally, you know, with anything else, uh, you just got to go and get it over with. So it was about two years ago. I told Glenn Takayama at Orcas Island mm-hmm. that um, I was officially going to have a magazine. And he was the first person I asked if he wanted to be involved with it. He takes gorgeous pictures. Yeah. And um, he said, well, darn right I do. And, you know, from there. And then right after that was a global pandemic <laughs> and the world shut down. And so I just started to start, you know, I decided to start a running magazine with every race canceled and everybody is forbidden from hanging out with each other and all like group runs are canceled. <laughs> and then to boot, um, it is a print only magazine. And in case you've noticed, Ryan, it is a digital age we live in <laughs> and <laughs> everything's online. So yeah, so I started a print only trail running magazine with every race canceled during a pandemic. And I have no publishing experience. You couldn't have picked a worse time to start a magazine. You you couldn't possibly. It's not advisable. It's not advisable. But like everything else, uh, I think, you know, when your buddies tell you about this race and how horrible it is and there's no crew or pacers allowed and you have to start in the dark and, yeah. like, you know, when they tell you there's like, you know, fields of thorns and like after they're done telling you about it, you just can't wait to sign up for it. Um, this is kind of like that magazine. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. Well, I think, you know, we do live in a digital era. And I think, you know, a lot of magazines and, and, and you know, the, the death of print newspaper was kind of, you know, a, a major blunder by a lot of newspapers were let's give away our content for free online. And then all of a sudden they saw their subscriptions dwindle because they're like, what? what, wait a minute. Why am I paying two hundred dollars a year for the newspaper when it's all free online? And like, oh shit, what do we do now? And it was almost this: How do you respond? How, how do you live in a print world? 
How, how's yeah. a print world exist in a digital digital world? But I, I I do think that there is something about the touching the 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 having it in your hand, reading something on your phone doesn't have the same experience of plopping it on your lap in front of you and you know touching those pages and seeing those pictures in front of you there's there's a difference that you just can't capture that online and sitting outside on your deck uh, on a nice morning you know with that magazine in your hand folded over reading that that great race report or or what article from someone you can't replicate that at least i can't replicate it on an ipad or my phone yeah it's not so when you hold it in your hand like that and you can feel it and you can smell it you can smell the paper Mm -hmm. and you can feel is it glossy or not is it gritty paper you know there's an intimacy to that it's an experience to read it um, much more beyond just the story. And then, you know, with Eat Clean, Run Dirty, it is like a matte finish. There's no glossy, mm-hmm. shiny pictures or anything like that. And then that's on purpose. I wanted you to be able to write on it. Mm-hmm. I wanted you to be able to highlight things or write notes on it. Um, I wanted you also to, the other thing that's cool about a print magazine is you can tear pages out. Yep. I want you to tear a page out of a, a beautiful picture that you see and put it on your fridge and be like, I want to do that race or, you know, something, or even, you know, tear a page out and use it as gift wrap, like, or <laughs> use, you know, like all, or as part of your container garden or, you know, something like that. I wanted it that to be interactive in that way. Um, and sometimes there are activities. The first issue had a dot to dot picture of Anton in it <laughs> where you could go through. Um, so dot to dot trail Jesus. Yeah. So there's like, like I said, like activities and interactive and things like that. The reader and the experience of reading it are just as much of a part of the people who wrote it too. Well, don't you think too, that the digital world puts a very quick shelf life on something, right? You'll read something and it'll be gone forever. Where when you have that physical magazine and you've got back issues you know, like grandma and grandpa mm-hmm. kept a grandma and grandpa never threw away a National Geographic. I don't know what right. it was about the 60s and 70s, but man, oh man, everyone's grandma and grandpa had 900 episodes or, or issues of National Geographic, but you could go back and look at it, right? Like when you used to get the old Runner's mm-hmm. World magazine, you know, you go like, oh, what was that great article that so-and-so wrote about it? You'd have to dig through and you'd find it and get to experience it again. Yeah, it's something it's something you want to keep around. It's something and the other thing too, so you wanna like put it on the dashboard of your car or you yeah. wanna have it on your coffee table and you know, it's something where you can refer back to it any time. You can read through the articles like those old Nat Geos that grandma had. They never get old. Like the story is fantastic every single time you read it. It's timeless. And the other thing too is it says something about a person. If, if I walked into your house and you had a pile of eat clean run dirty on your coffee table, I know a whole lot about you <laughs> by seeing that stack, you know, or whatever kind of other magazine you might read. Um, you know, I, I read all kinds of different magazines, like cooking ones. I read mm-hmm. fly fishing ones, some bicycle ones, and um, I save them all. Including like catalogs. I save like Patagonia catalogs and things like that too. But um, I, I love it. I love it. So going into this, having no print experience, uh, 
Like where, how did you even like, how did you even start with the process? Okay. You have the idea, but going from idea to the first copy physically in your hands, that's a huge process too, isn't it? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, Especially when you have no idea what you're doing. You've never done it before. I have no publishing background, but I also am not a graphic designer. Yeah at all and I um, not only like do I curate the articles and stuff like that but I design the other entire magazine from cover to cover so I'm now officially a graphic artist um, <laughs> with formatting these things and using the computer and figuring that stuff out is huge or typography or um, people who have subscribed since the beginning know I'm not a very good speller and so I miss spelling errors which now I, I've got a copy editor um, so it is huge. And that's part of why when we first started, I had a practice issue and it was called issue zero. Yeah. Um, and it was like a 10 or 12 page issue that I sent out to people for free just to practice the whole getting a permit at the post office and sending bulk mail. And there's so many things. And it's really, if you open up an issue of outside magazine, Yeah. And at the beginning of outside, there's a list of like 40 people that all have jobs. Yeah. So there's a reason there's 40 people. (laughs) There's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So I do all those things now. Now, I know for for me and merchandise, right? If you go to the adventurejogger.com slash gear, you can look at an adventure jogger store. But the world we live in now, I'm telling you right now, folks, I don't have a t-shirt machine in my garage and I'm not forcing my kids to print t-shirts like someone ordered a jersey, go print it now. You know, and, <laughs> and, like, and having my kids, you know, work a little sweatshop selling adventure you jogger sh- joggers <laughs> and t-shirts. There's an infrastructure for uh, drop shipping where I can, you know, I, I contract all that out. So basically, yes, it says it comes from the adventure jogger, but I've got people that I just send them the design. They digitize it. They throw it on shirts and you order it and they put it through the printer and they send it to you. Is, is there, is there a simplified version for magazines online? Like, is there a drop shipper for magazines? Well, what did you have to do? Last video I asked Ryan. So this is something that you learn over time. Um, for a while, I was hand addressing the magazines and putting stamps on them and wow. sending them to people personally. Wow. Um, yes. So I have since gotten a bulk mailing permit, but basically, I have a printer and I send them like a PDF file of the magazine Mm -hmm. they print it in hanover pennsylvania and then um there's a fella who bundles them all up and they address them and so subscribers get them specially addressed to them from the printer and then they leave from there but if you're not a subscriber and you are somebody who maybe in the last two weeks since i pulled those mailing labels i've had a lot of new subscribers those issues I will hand address and send to them personally one by one and deliver all of them to the post office. That is a, that's a special touch. You're not getting that from runner's world. Kara Goucher's not <laughs> no. writing your name and address on the back of runner's world. Little message on there saying, Hey, thanks for subscribing. 
No. And on that too, so on stuff, because it's a, right, the cool thing about it, Ryan, is if you're going to have a magazine, it's going to be your magazine. Yeah. You're the one person who works there. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> you can make up your rules. Right. So I had this great idea that I wanted to send birthday cards to everybody who mm-hmm. is a subscriber of the magazine. Yeah. So I had special birthday cards made, and then I was going to send it to them with like a gel as like a little snack, like yeah. a treat. And um, there's this woman who is out of Utah and she has a company named Wasatch Nectar and they're um, organic gels made with raw honey and Himalayan sea salt. And um, she's the found, like it's a a woman owned company. She's the only person that works there. Yeah. And they're delicious and it's from bees in the Wasatch mountains. Like how cool. Right. So I told her my idea that I want to send all the subscribers a, a handwritten birthday card and that I wanted to send them a gel and I sent out the first month of them. So if you subscribe to Eat Clean Run Dirty, it asks you when your birthday is. Yeah. Like your birthday month. And this is why. And so I had all these envelopes with all these honey gels in them with birthday cards that I brought in the post office. And I paid like the two stamps each. And yeah. they went through the mail machine because they do like this this press. Did they splat them? Smashed the honey, <laughs> and I had a whole month's worth of subscribers get like sticky honey in their mailbox. <laughs> so it's a trial and error, basically. Again, yeah. Kara Goucher's <laughs> not doing that. The guys of Trail Runner nope. Magazine are are learning that hard lesson. That is no, so. They're not. That is so cool, though. To to just. You know, try this thing out for yourself, right? Because I think it's yeah. it's it's so authentic, right? Once you get a certain number <laughs> of experts in a room, experts can talk themselves out of authenticity and great ideas because they know everything. But sometimes yeah. you got to try nine stupid ideas, and then one of those nine is brilliant, <laughs> you know, and like 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 so amazing that it's what you're known for, and it's it helps define your brand. And and so often you see people talk themselves out of those ideas. Like, well, yeah, what it could fall, they could fail miserably, but you know, that's a great story to share, and you learn something for the next time, right? Yeah, don't send gels in the mail. Don't um. don't send gels in the mail. That that is a no no. <laughs> right? Yeah, they, they'll get squashed. Um, the the people appreciated their sticky honey. They they understood the sentiment. But yeah, it was another, yeah, another one of those things where you just don't overthink it or you have to do what you think is right um, with different stuff like that. And um, people to see you try things and you fail very publicly when you do things like that, too. It's very humbling. Oh, I think, Um, but I, I think people appreciate it. I think that there's there's too much of a gloss and a sheen on everybody's life now because of social media. We only can show like the really good things. And I think when people mm-hmm. show their fuck ups, I, I think it's it, it humanizes. It's endearing when when you like that story about the gel thing. Right. Like yeah. like if that was a big <laughs> professional magazine, like we, do, we don't talk about the gel thing with anyone that talks about the gel thing in public is fired but i mean yeah it's, somebody it's, somebody would have lost their job for that exactly a big fancy magazine someone's, I don't know, yes but, someone's um, called into a boss's e- office e- clean and, run yeah. dirty headquarters uh <laughs> we're interested in all of the stories and all of the different things uh yeah it, it's a different it's it's a publication for everybody else um was there ever a moment that you were like, oh my God, I've bit off way more than I can chew 
with this magazine? Literally every single day. (laughs) (laughs) Every single day. Every day is a lot. It's so much. It's so much work. I wake up in the morning. I wake up early and I work on the magazine and then I go to work all day. I have a full-time job and I go to work all day. On my lunch break, I try and answer messages. And then when I'm done with work, I work on the magazine more. And that's all that I, I watched two movies this year. And that's all the television I saw. Um, I've been running more, which is cool because it was so much where I didn't even have time to run. I had to like work on the magazine or go running. Yeah. Um, but I, I tell you, it's, it's so much work, but it's one of those things like I can't wait to do it. Yeah. I cannot wait to do it. And from the sweet messages that I get from readers and subscribers who are okay with their honey mess in their mailbox yeah. to um, people that feel seen through the stories, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a lot of things that, that don't get published in the mainstream media. And when they see these stories told in Eat Clean Run Dirty, they feel like we're speaking to them. We're talking about them and, and they feel included and involved. And then like the coolest thing ever is when somebody is inspired by a story and then sends me a message and asks if they can write one too. Yeah. Because, um, you know, th- they feel like they can do it um, and they're inspired to share their story. And it's just a really fantastic thing. And so no matter how much work it is or anything like that, it's something that is joyous. And I just feel grateful to be able to do it. What was one of those big wins for you where you were like, yes, this is starting to work. This is starting to pay off. I'm doing this right. Um, well, honestly, like I feel that when people share it, um, there was a moment where there's a photographer that I put on the cover of the magazine. And a lot of times they don't know I'm doing that. Right. And this photographer um, posted a thing on their social media like, hey, look, um, it was it was Misty. And she posted a thing on her social media that, um, well, she had an article in the magazine that she like had her first published article with her first like huge spread of photos and things like that. And it's it's when people share it with their mom. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, like, look at this, this, you know, look at what I got to do and I get to share this thing. And, and like, they're so proud of it. Like all that work, they're so proud of it. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. And I, and I don't want to be disparaging or talk negatively about other magazines and they're all no. doing their thing. Well, and and I cool think too, and, there's, there's enough but, space, there's enough space oh, for everybody, right? There's, there's space yeah. for those magazines and there's, there's, there's need for those magazines, but you're filling kind of a, a hole that wasn't being filled before. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of times they talk about the same groups of people that win all these races and you got a lot of pictures and stories from California or Colorado. Yeah. Um, Sometimes Arizona, if you're lucky, (laughs) but um, you know, we're covering races, we're covering Potawatomi and we're, you know, we're covering races in Virginia and Georgia, you know, this last issue, Cruel Jewel was on the cover of the magazine mm-hmm. and then the person who was on the picture, DNF. Yeah. And, you know, like that's not happening at any other magazine. And the reason why that specific, like this photo spread was chosen was for the purpose of encouraging people to do hard things. 
for the purpose of doing hard things, yeah. whether you're going to make it or not because of the, you know, what, what that work is and the value of it. And so it just from the get go, it's something completely different. Um, and it's that it's, it's, uh, it's having people feel seen mm -hmm. and giving a spotlight to races that don't get a chance in the other big fancy magazines. It's, it's, it's for the rest of us. And we have got, you know, Ryan, we've got some amazing runners in our community and incredible stories that go beyond first place. Right. Um, and too, and, and that's not, there's some really cool people that win races. Too, oh, no, yeah, yeah, that never right. get credit for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they don't have, you know, these famous photographer crews falling around everywhere. So it's that it's, it's seeing people be so proud to have their work shared and to tell their story. I literally, I do it with a bag over my head. I don't care that it's me. I don't care that my name's on it. Like it's, I don't do it for any of that. I, I do it to, cause these people we know deserve it. Yeah. What well, was, is there a race that you've uh, discovered through someone writing in to the magazine and doing a story for the magazine where you're like, holy shit, where was this race my whole life? And now I've got to do it. Um, there's been, you know, there's some of them that I know fairly well, there's races that there's a really cool race in North Dakota that I actually sent a magazine copy to for every finisher of that race. Um, yeah. That's an area I want to try and find out. There's um, a couple coming up in the next issue where they're just trail running clubs. Yeah. Like out in West Virginia and New York and stuff like that. A, a lot of East Coast stuff. Yeah. That's quite fantastic that I didn't know about. Um. And I, the other way around, I think a lot of West Coast runners that are subscribers to the magazine are learning about stuff on the East Coast that they've never heard of before because yeah. it, it never got shared. So I think more so than me as um, runners might be going from west to east to do some of these races because they've seen them in the magazine which is really cool that is that is really cool what is that race called in north dakota by the way that captures your imagination <laughs> I, I, I honestly i think it's called like north dakota ultra trail series or something like yeah. that. it's not a fancy name and i'm so embarrassed that i don't know the name of it this last year i think that they had 81 runners in total um but it it's and it's in like meadows it's in meadows and it is in like february or march yeah it's usually quite terrible it's like windy as <laughs> all hell and it's usually snowing and horrible and i think north dakota is pretty fantastic and it's a beautiful state I, um yeah yeah and you know they're they're there are people that have a really cool trail community they have group runs they do a lot of trail work together but it is because it's not flashy or they don't have a big name. They're not, you know, some of these smaller races aren't qualifiers for anything else. Right. Um, but, you know, they do have, um, like, for example, let's uh, talk about, there's some races in Circleville, Ohio area. Mm -hmm. um, they're called the Not Your Mama series. Yeah. There's all kinds of different mamas races. There's yeah. like uh, One Hot Mama and like their finisher award the race director for that he's a high school art teacher and him and his wife and their their two children put on the races themselves yeah. and he makes clay finisher medals and fires them in a kiln 
and gives these handmade awards when you finish the race. Wow. Um, his name's uh, Rob Carroll. Okay. And in one of the issues of the magazine, um, I found really cool pictures of people of experiencing large amounts of adversity. Yeah. And had him paint the pictures um, into paintings. Yeah. And like one of them is a picture of Lee Connor after the Hurt 100. Yeah. Like passed out on the sidewalk. She looks like a dead person. <laughs> and then there's a photograph of it. And then it had Rob paint a picture with watercolor of her. And then so the article was all paintings that he did. Um, so, you know, really looking, and that's a great example of Eat Clean Run Dirty is celebrating photography mm-hmm. but also art yeah and like it doesn't have to be just pictures it can be paintings celebrating rob and what he's doing really cool with his mm-hmm. races in central ohio and having these handmade finisher awards and then also celebrating like doing hard things <laughs> and all in one and into this article it's pretty cool that's awesome and i'm glad that you're, are you you're, sounds like you're starting to see some real growth with the magazine um as of this morning there are 604 subscribers uh across the united states finland the uk and canada 604 that's great that's a great you're the only one place to go right is up yes yes it's not a ton but there are people that care about you know like a print like something in print and they want to hear the rest of the story beyond like the winner and beyond you know the big fancy races and um you know i've gotten really good feedback from them and there are people that you know read the magazine and they're so excited about what they read that they want to share with their friends and and it goes on and on like that what are some of your ideas for future uh magazines i love that that art thing (laughs) the pictures and then having him paint the pictures of suffering I mean, that's yeah. just, that is so cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, there's all kinds of fantastic things and incorporating food and eating and stuff into it too. Yeah. I really would like to get more into aid station food, especially the, the stuff that's really good, um, like Breeze um, potato soup for Mohican 100. Like what's Bree's recipe and how does Ooh. she make that potato soup? And, oh my you know, God, like different yes. things like that. I think it would be cool. Like the, you know, Orca's Island has an aid station that has sushi. So, you know, in an upcoming issue of Eat Clean Run Dirty, we have a guide to how to make your own sushi at the aid station yeah. and celebrate volunteers like that. Um, and getting, you know, beyond the running of the races, celebrating race directors doing really cool things too and that's part of you know in each issue we've got a race report but it's not just somebody writing about like how fast they ran and what they ate it is uh what it felt like to be at the race that day the experience of the race yeah and i do three reports from the same race from different runners or people so we've had volunteers like aid station captains write race reports people who won the race write a report people who didn't finish write a report and you know race directors too so you can see one race from three different perspectives and in this last issue of the magazine that came out it was potawatomi yeah mike kelsey wrote a race report and you know we had a girl who won write a race report and like a back of the pack 100 mile person write a race report and it just poured out and those who don't know potawatomi 
It's in like Northern Illinois. Mm-hmm. And there's several different distances at Potawatomi, including a 200 mile distance. And it's on a 10 mile loop and it was pouring out the entire time. And so the pictures of it, um, there's a picture of like just destroyed feet or like people wearing garbage bags and running in the mud yeah. and stuff like that. Like a, um, probably not the race you see covered in other magazines, but there's a huge, really cool trail running community in Southern Wisconsin and Northern Illinois that just, doesn't get the love they deserve and that's such a really cool group of humans out there and well, so yeah, it's, know, it's, to share their story i'm really proud to you know give them that paper in the magazine well you think about just two great runners when you talk about illinois for example people don't think of illinois as this mecca for great ultra runners but Corey Wolterine and Taggart Van Etten. Those are two names that have, have caused some waves in the industry, both from smack dab in the middle of Illinois, where you run through cornfields where you can see 500 miles in each direction. Right. Oh, exactly. And that's some of what's really exciting about it, too, is, you know, when you think about people who do live, especially in that Midwest, mid-Atlantic area, at least out in Tennessee, y'all have hills and stuff you can run <laughs> right. or West Virginia, North Carolina, like East coast, Georgia, East coast runners have at least some hills they can do stuff on. Yeah. But you know, when I had been living in Cleveland, you know, me and my friends were pulling a car tire around city blocks <laughs> to train for mountain races <laughs> out, out West. And so to, you know, to see some of these runners, who do live, you know, like Harvey Lewis lives in yeah. like Cincinnati, um, to see these, you know, runners who live in the flatlands uh, running these mountain races, it's an even cooler story because of what they overcome to be able to finish these really hard races. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they-, they don't have, you know, they don't live in Silverton. They can't run at elevation all the time, stuff like that. So it's pretty inspiring. And then when you share their stories, Hopefully, people are reading it think, well, damn, if they can do it, I can too. Exactly. And, you know, and that's kind of what the point is. Um, talking about the eating side of the magazine, if you don't do a best aid station food cookbook, that would be a yeah. total crime. That would be such a great episode of <laughs> or, or issue of recipes and all that stuff. Right. I mean, that's uh, part one of the, you know, one of the things I love about running that's not actually running especially going to races is the really cool, unique aid stations and the different things they have at it that mm-hmm. go beyond theme, like the pierogies that I had yes! at Cayuga 50 mm-hmm. or um, when I went to do the Ute 100, there was a couple that uh, while one person rolled out my quads, the other person fed me tacos and tequila shots (laughs) (laughs) or you know just different stuff like that um that stuff is really special part of the race those are the stories you tell and so i think it would be fantastic to have recipes from the aid stations and then like stories about it too yeah now you don't have to eat clean to enjoy the magazine because i i do not eat clean i eat garbage (laughs) well so eating clean means a lot of things so what does eating clean clean mean to you (laughs) what it means isn't that you have to eat kale all day although you should eat kale sometimes it's not bad yeah (laughs) there's like a bunch of dogs running around that's great um so eating clean means put good things into your body and your mind and your like spirit it means read books 
It means maybe do yoga sometimes, maybe yeah. good, good sleep, listen to music, you know, um, means put good things in, eat clean like that. Gotcha. Um, it also means like eat local. Yeah. It means, you know, and drink local, like support the, you know, the local economy where you are. If you're going to Texas, have some barbecue. Right. That counts as eating clean to me. Yeah. Um, eat, eat appropriate, you know. Um, if you're going to Maine, eat some wild blueberries and mm. maybe some lobster. Running dirty means not just trail running, obviously. It means trail running, but it means like be messy in the pursuit of doing cool shit and reaching your goals. And don't worry about what you look like. You know, be sweaty, have bugs stuck all over you. Let your makeup strip down your face. Yeah. Um, don't worry about looking dumb. Don't worry about, you know, try it, go after it, you know? And I guess that goes back to sticky honey envelopes in people's mailboxes. Right. <laughs> like, you know, a, a friend recently shared a quote with me and it was, if you don't go in over your head how will you ever know how tall you are and that's kind of you know the, the 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 point of it too the running dirty be messy and you know relentless have shameless enthusiasm in your pursuit boy i'm writing down that if you don't go in over your head you'll never know how tall you are that's yeah. I need boy for reasons not getting into on this podcast that is something I needed to hear today wow you made my day Jessica <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is definitely something uh, that that I needed to hear uh, from absolutely you. and you asked you know like like do I ever feel overwhelmed or feel like I bit off more than I do chew and I said hell yeah every day but that's the point of it like if I would have thought about how hard this was going to be I never would have started in the first place. Or if I would have thought, like, I don't know how to be a graphic designer or, you know, yeah. I didn't let any of that stuff stop me. Those are all detailed. Yeah. I just jumped in head first and then figured out how to swim. You talked about, you know, the, the run dirty part of it. And you were talking about, you know, not worrying, get muddy, get full of bugs. Your makeup's a mess. Do you think society, because that's always been okay for men, right? How many times have you seen a picture of a guy covered in mud and it's like this is what a badass looks like right <laughs> and people will, will will comment on that but for for women like if you don't look your best at the finish line what's on the comments below like it's like a magazine picture if they showed somebody who's looking kind of kind of crappy online people go like oh what's wrong with her do you think we've we've gone more towards equality where women can be proud to be a, a mess on the trail and covered in mud and, and people aren't gonna be like what's wrong with this lady because society's way more forgiving to men than they are to women when it comes to that when it comes to appearance in general well i've noticed that when people are being nasty mm -hmm. and we're talking about women yes it's usually women being hard on other women mm-hmm and so my first thing in that is to say we're all on the same team. Right. We're, we're not competing with each other. We all rise together. Yeah. So I ask everybody who's anybody, but especially women, to think of it that way. We're not competition. We can help each other. And so that first and foremost. And then so I guess... I, I'll tell a personal story now that we're just talking about women and yeah. like get getting over yourself. Go for it. Um, so 
I used to be terrified of running with just a sports bra and shorts. Yeah. Terrified. Like I, well, it took years for me to feel comfortable just wearing shorts. Yeah. Um, Cause I didn't want, I didn't like how my legs looked. And then for the longest time, it'd be like a hundred degrees outside and I'd be nervous about running around in just a sports bra and shorts. Mm-hmm. And then I realized one day that I see other women running around all the time in just a sports bra. And I always think like, Oh, I wish I could do that. Yeah. But I would never have, no matter what body shape they were, no matter what, I never had a negative thought about them. I would always think the same things. I would think they look strong and confident. Mm -hmm. That's what they had in common. No matter what shape, size, athletic ability, they look strong and confident. And I wish I could do that too. Um, and so I thought to myself one day, like, I never think anything negative about somebody like, and whatever, like, just get over yourself. Yeah. And so I started, you know, running with just the sports bra on and it takes a little bit of practice and then you do it alone in the woods and then you go around town. <laughs> you realize nobody, nobody gives a shit. That's the thing. Like everybody is so caught up in their own thing. Nobody cares. And so I was inspired to have, I, I did a ladies only group run. Yeah. And yeah, where I encourage ladies to just run in their just sports bra. Um, but I didn't want to do it at a fancy bar or anything like that yeah. where they would like, you know, they didn't want to take their shirts off in front of boys or I didn't want to do it at Lululemon where you feel like everybody's so perfect there and they're yeah. trying really hard. Um, I did it at a donut shop that was also a bar and they make donuts out of beer and so I had a, a basically a topless ladies only run where we ate donuts and drank beer and ran around town with our shirts off. <laughs> <laughs> and that that is uh, eating clean and running dirty. That sounds like heaven to some people. Right now they're going, <laughs> if heaven does exist, that that's that's what it is. That must have been it's so interesting because you know as a man, I, I, I'm self I'm, I'm self conscious about the way I look, but no one in society cares, right? I remember. Um, they were, they did, I did strolling gym a couple of years ago and it was so hot. It was ridiculously hot. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to take my shirt off and, and run a bit. Well, where's the photographer? Right. Right. Where I, uh, so I'm running shirtless with my bad farmer's tan and like no abs, right? No, no chest, like the chest of a 10 year old boy and, and, and <laughs> no abs and just white as can be. That picture was like the cover photo for the whole gallery that was online. So every time someone would post like, hey, check out these throwing gym photos, it'd be my fucking picture with the pale, the pale rider picture. But nobody cared. But I did. Nobody cares. Right. But I, but I think about what you said about practicing, right? Like the first, like the first time you ran in, in a shorts and a sports bra, myself. right? You're like, yeah. okay, I got to do this. Um, it's got to be at a park, uh, far away from everybody else. And in at the woods, nighttime, at nighttime. Woods, I was all alone. <laughs> it was, it was like that. And you realize like, it, and it's like that with anything new though, or anything that feels com- uncomfortable, right? The reason it feels uncomfortable is that's you growing, like that's why it's uncomfortable because mm-hmm. it's you growing. Those are growing pains. Like they say, the obstacle is the way. And once I like, you know, like went around, I realized like nobody cares. Nobody's looking, nobody's paying any attention. It literally does not matter. And so, you know, 
trying to make sure your hair looks perfect or making sure your makeup's just right or not wanting other people to see you sweaty and stuff. Um, I, I just, you know, just shameless enthusiasm and just go after it. I'd rather be messy and trying than look good and on the bench. I like that too. Good words of wisdom. Man, we've knocked some some wisdom out of the park here, Jessica. We've covered some bases here. That is for sure. Um, what about you, race-wise? Now that you've got the magazine somewhat moving in the right direction and and seems like it's you're getting uh, more and more comfortable with you know the process and all that you've had more time for running as you said earlier what are some of the races you're look for you're looking forward to doing in the near future yes yes i'm at, yeah officially at what 604 subscribers i figured out that when i have 1200 subscribers it can be my job so oh, that's wow. my goal 1200 and it can be my job um on my horizon, I'm currently, I have a running coach now, which is fancy. I've never had somebody telling me what to do. Who's before. your coach? Um, my running coach is Ian Torrance. Okay. And I'm running Pine to Palm and it is in September. And I, I don't, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. It'll be okay. There's a lot of wildfires out here though. Hopefully yeah. it still happens, but I'm running Pine to Palm in September. And then there's a race and a local race in Idaho. It's the first year it's called, um, it's in the seven devils wilderness area. It's a marathon with like 18,000 feet of elevation gain or something really stupid. It's basically wow. climbing. Yeah. It's on, it's, it's not advisable. <laughs> it's horrible. And then, um, what I'll do next after that is I'm going to run Orcas Island again because it's my favorite favorite race ever. Um, And then too, like the other thing besides just running races, um, I try to volunteer for as many races as I run. Mm -hmm. I try to do like a one-to-one ratio of volunteering to running or I go now with the magazine, which is a really cool thing I get to do is I get to sponsor races by giving all the runners a copy of the magazine and different things like that. So like, I just got back from the High Lonesome 100 in the Buena Vista, Colorado area. Yeah. It's a fantastic race. And I was, the Clean Rundery was an official sponsor of that race. And every runner got a free copy of the magazine. That's awesome. And I, I'm really picky about what races that we sponsor Yeah. Um, because of how important the magazine is. And so there's qualifiers. So if you're a race director and you're listening to this, um, there needs to be a trail work requirement for your race. Okay. And, um, like high lonesome, they have a lottery system, but it is 50, 50 gender split lottery. Nice. So there's different stuff like that where they're, you know, doing things to encourage some kind of equality or something like that. And then also giving back to their community and, um, indigenous land acknowledgement, stuff like that. So supporting grassroots races for folks that are doing the right thing and trying to move the community forward. Good stuff. Eatcleanrundirty.com is the website. You can uh, subscribe to the magazine through that website. You can also take a listen to the podcast. How's the podcast going? Oh my God. Um, you know, it is hard to find time to do it. 
Yeah, I could, yeah. <laughs> tell me all about it. <laughs> it is hard to find time to do it, but um, I am scheduling interviews, more interviews coming up. Yep. Basically, I've had the podcast, Ryan, since 2015. Yeah. Um, when I started the podcast, I was the only lady who had a trail running podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, since then, there's been tons, and it seems like there's a lot of really good shows out there. Yeah. Um, my episodes are not as frequent as I would like them to be because like I have to work and sleep sometimes, <laughs> but, um, it's basically now I'm using it as an opportunity to interview the people who write articles or do pictures mm-hmm. or art for the magazine, mm-hmm. which is really neat. So yeah. it's kind of like interactive magazine article you get to listen to. It's all weaving together. That's how it's working. Weaving together at eatcleanrundirty.com. Jessica Vandenbush, thank you for taking some time out to share the gospel of Eat Clean, Run Dirty uh, on the Adventure Jogger. I, I thank you for the opportunity. I'm um, It's the People's Magazine, really, and I'm just trying the best I can to give them what they deserve so um can we get can we get 1200 subscribers for jessica please (laughs) i would love nothing more than the community to support someone so much that that's the full-time gig that would be sweet that is and i will be at as many races volunteering as i possibly can if i'm blessed with something as glorious as that let's make that the goal i gotta tell you right now folks i'm way away from joe rogan money so don't worry Um, (laughs) spotify has not contacted me and asked me to be releasing the adventure jogger exclusively through spotify for a hundred million dollars so that oh my gosh is that what happened yeah you got a hundred million dollars to go to uh, to spotify exclusively so they're not oh my goodness they're not offering that to me so don't worry folks if we can get jessica at least (laughs) though to make eat clean run dirty your whole gig that would be awesome thank you and best of luck thank you in the future thank you so much all right go to adventurejogger.com like i said the gear is there and back episodes and all that fun but thank you so much for listening we'll have a new episode available for you next week We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode.